0: Because I was really interested uh, when Lisa Davis put this this um, po- this proposal forward, a policy that would set aside $75,000 to be able to improve poor math scores. The notion behind it is, hey, let's look at the four best schools who are getting above what you would expect in their math scores. And then let's look at the four poorest schools and see if there are some bra- best practices that can be shared between them. That just sounds sensible to me. That actually sounds like a pretty good policy, where you would have the best teachers in your school districts, see the strategies that are working for them, and it would be able to help those so that every student is be able to, is able to perform well. But no, 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 no. Apparently, the Alberta Teachers Association does not like this. What they're concerned about is by taking this kind of approach is that it is, uh, quote, going to usurp the authority of the principal and the superintendent. A third party has no place in monitoring the work of a teacher. Barb Silva, spokesperson for the Support Our Students Advocacy Group, uh, strangely enough, says it feels like there are a lot of underlying questions here where there's no trust of the professionalism of educators. What is going on here? Like, are we seriously going to have teachers tell us? I have a right to teach students using whatever methods I want, and if they can't learn, that's their problem? Don't you dare challenge the way I want to teach them? Are we going to accept that? Is that what's actually happening here? Because that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. I'm joined now by Michael Zwagstro with Common Sense Education, public high school teacher, and an education research to, researcher to talk about this. Michael, thanks so much for being with me. Well, thank you for having me. Okay. Now, I've already sort of spilled the beans on where I'm coming from on this issue, but can you help me understand why it is that you've got a prof- educational professionals saying that somehow this is a threat that we would be having some third party analyze how they're doing in their teaching practices?
1: Well, it's an interesting response. And I'll just add that uh, in addition to the other things I do, I'm also a senior fellow with the Frontier Center, and that's who I do a lot of my education uh, research for. And I'm a big believer in uh, granting teachers a significant amount of professional discretion. That being said, I'm also a big believer in following evidence and looking what the evidence actually does show. And I think in this case here, you have a situation where the Alberta Teachers Association is looking out for its own interest as a union. And they tend to oppose anything that might possibly infringe upon their their power and authority. Yeah, uh, You probably remember back in 2012 when uh, Edmonton teacher Lyndon Dorvell uh, fought his school's ridiculous no-zero policy. I do in remember that. that. Case, yep. Well, the Alberta Teachers Association, according to Dorval himself, was worse than useless in his case because they actually supported the no-zero policy. They didn't help him. And so the Alberta Teachers Association can be rather selective. Uh, they, uh, the people at the top tend to support... Many of the bad ideas in education, the progressive education approach, the guide on the side rather than a sage on the stage, and all those um, all those types of slogans that are used in education faculties, and they you know they've supported uh, assessment policies that have included a no zero approach, and so they're they're more than happy to stand by idly while bad ideas get imposed on teachers all the time. I believe that teachers want to do a good job, and many teachers would do a great job if they were actually enabled to do so. And so while I would say that there's definitely some wording in Ms. Davis' motion that could be adjusted. I don't think there's a need to go looking at specific lesson plans. But as far as the broader objective of identifying what things are going well and what can we learn from it, that makes sense. That's looking at evidence. And I think that all teachers are interested in seeing what evidence shows us.
0: Have you had a chance to look at how Alberta is doing compared to mass scores in the, the rest of the country? Because I think that that is what has raised the flag for Lisa Davis. I'll, I'll just put a few of them out here just so that people uh, know why she sees this as a problem. We've got the 2016 17 grade six to seven, uh, six and nine provincial achievement tests and grade 12 diploma exams show that we're consistently having mass scores below other core subjects. Very little. Improvement from previous years, and more than 25 percent of students in grade six and grade nine are failing the exams. They're, get, they're getting less than 50 percent on the exams. Like that, to me, looks like we've got um, a three-alarm fire going on here. We we need to we need to be addressing this.
1: Well, absolutely. We see we see a pretty sharp decline in math scores in the last 10 to 15 years, which just so happens to coincide with when Discovery Math. Uh, began was fully implemented in alberta as it's been implemented in a number of other provinces and so you see the clients there as well uh just uh just last month i was actually at a, a conference called research ed which is uh, put on uh, by teachers and but the difference with that type of conference is we actually look at the evidence and we debate things and i met a number of teachers from alberta there who would be more than happy uh, to not have uh, bad teaching ideas forced upon them and so uh, I'm not opposed to teacher professional autonomy. Uh, I think in some ways we need more of it and we need to liberate teachers from the bad ideas that are forced upon them, uh, by the system that they're in and that are complicitly supported in many cases by the Alberta Teachers Association. Uh, I remember just a few, uh, just, a, a, again about a month ago, I had a, a radio debate with the president of the Alberta Teachers Association and the debate topic was should we have more content in the curriculum? Should we take the content out and keep it all these abstract, have instead abstract 21st century skills, or should we have content-specific knowledge? That focus, and I was arguing for the content-specific knowledge, and he was on the other side. And I know there are a whole lot of teachers in Alberta that don't agree with him on that, but agree with me that specific content is actually important, and that when it comes to math, that kids should actually memorize times tables and be able to... uh, uh, be able to do the standard algorithms and be able to work on those things and so the the idea of looking at what is being done well in schools that uh, that are performing well I think it makes
0: sense can I ask you what what is the problem with discovery math uh, what is it that at the core of the problem I, I'll tell you my impression of it my impression of it is because they don't uh, allow kids to drill uh, to do the drills on memorizing the times tables and just learning some of the stuff you just have to learn by rote it's almost like they're trying to skip that step and and get kids to work out different ways to be able to get to the answer, and that the answer isn't as important as the process of working it out different ways. That's, that's my impression of what's wrong with discovery math. Maybe you can describe it better than I can.
1: You know, you actually summarized it pretty well. I will add that discovery math is just uh, one more manifestation of a long-standing educational philosophy that goes back to Jean-Jacques Rousseau and his book, Emily, where he argues that everything should be child-centered and kids should discover things for themselves. And that's, uh, and that approach to education was popularized substantially by William Heard Kilpatrick, who was an education professor at Columbia Teachers College in the early 20th century. Uh, his books and articles were very influential, and if you read his stuff, you'll find virtually all the talking points that are used by those who talk about 21st century learning and skills and all that and the discovery math and all those things. William heard Kilpatrick was talking about those things a century ago, even right down to the whole, the world is changing faster than ever before, so therefore we need to change everything we're doing right along with it. And so there's nothing new about what's being promoted, and I will say that as far as where does the evidence line up, the evidence is pretty clearly on the side of traditional instruction that teachers have to explain things, show students how to do things, take them step by step. Make them practice, have them do a certain amount of repetition, and you work your way through that. And you have that in all subjects, but particularly in a subject like math, you have to master basics in order to do the fundamentals. This is a basic, it's it's well supported uh, by educational research.
0: What can you tell us about Jump Math? Because I know that's another thing that uh, Trustee Lisa Davis has put forward. And I I was just talking with Charity Intelligence this week, and they have ranked them as one of the top 10 charities from bang for the buck. If you want to donate money, donate to them because they get great results. What is it that they do so differently in teaching math?
1: Well, Jump Math is a great organization. It was founded by John Mighton, who's a who's a mathematician, and basically Jump Math, uh, they incorporate some aspects of the discovery, but they do it in the context of making sure you master basic skills, and so. It's very much a sequential, step-by-step program that takes you through. And once you have basics masters, then you can have some fun with the numbers and explore and play around with it. It's a very effective program. There's lots of evidence that it works. Uh, It is approved in several provinces as a teaching resource. The problem is is that uh, it's not supported in most education faculties. And so in faculties of education, they tend to not like jump math very much. Uh, it tends not to be supported by the teachers' unions, although I don't understand why, because it helps teachers become better at what they do uh, by making this resource available. So something as simple as promoting Jump Math in Calgary schools uh, would go a long way to uh, to improving math instruction in Calgary.
0: And I think that's probably what the trustee's trying to get at. Is she wants to understand what their lesson plan is to know whether or not they're using Jump Math, so that she can see whether or not you're having some success with this particular program versus another program. I guess that's oh, what I agree. It can- and-
1: yeah, and they're and they're probably not using the jump math because the uh, uh the unfortunate uh, reality is that the higher up you go in the education system, the less likely they are to be supportive of methods like that. And so the education department largely runs itself. So even if the education minister, to his credit, did make some modest changes in the math curriculum to say that okay, kids should actually know their timetables. I mean, good grief, you actually had to fight in order to get that put in. But now uh, the those things have been stated. But the reality is, you still have all the same consultants in place, the same education professors training future teachers, the same people in the upper echelons of the education system—all people that moved up the career ladder by promoting the exact opposite of anything resembling traditional education. And no wonder they're not implementing uh, anything that uh, that actually works better.
0: Well, Michael, that was Thank you so much for giving us some context to this, and we'll watch how this battle plays out on the school board. Sure, appreciate your time today.
1: You're welcome. Always good to be with you.
0: Michael Swagstra is with Common Sense Education, as he mentioned, a senior fellow with Frontier Center, public high school teacher and education researcher, asking a very good question. Why wouldn't teachers want to have the tools at their disposal to allow their kids to master math? What would be the opposition to that? Are there any teachers out there who can describe that to me? I'd love to know.